It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Cougars. Thank you for making us your first listen here on a Wednesday. A lot to get to ahead on today's episode. We are going to talk about former Cougars and the pros. How did week four in the NFL go for those guys? We'll run that down. We'll also announce how we're going to give away Boise State tickets. It's a hot item around Cougar Nation. We have a pair of tickets for a lucky listener. You'll find out how you can enter to win those ahead on today's show. And we also speak one-on-one with BYU assistant head coach, Ed Lamb also serves as BYU special teams coordinator in addition to his work with BYU safeties. We'll talk with him about all of those different topics ahead on the show. So without further ado, let's dive on in. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for October 6th, 2021. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah, as the executive producer of DJ and PK in the morning. And a big thank you for making us your first listen every day right here on your only daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Let's start off today's show in something we typically do each week, and we call it our former Cougars in the Pros segment. What are former Cougars doing around the NFL? And wanted to let you guys know how they did in week four of the season. So let's start off. Let's run things down here. And coming up here in just a minute, we're going to catch up with BYU assistant head coach Ed Lamb. Had a great one-on-one chat with him. I think you guys will learn a lot from his insight. We'll get to that momentarily. But let's run down former Cougars and the pros, how they did in week four of the NFL season. Week five officially begins tomorrow night. But starting off with the Washington football team, they wrapped to beat the Atlanta Falcons 34-30. Unfortunately, though, Dax Millen was one of the guys who was not active for that game. The good news is for Dax, as I've mentioned before, he continues to be on that 53-man roster. He's on an active roster, folks. He's making a healthy living and is the penultimate pick in the NFL draft to be on the 53-man roster. It's a really, really good thing, and I think Dax is proving his worth in practice, obviously, and the good news is he has not been demoted to a practice squad or anything of the like. I think this coaching staff, Ron Rivera and company, really like him, and that's good news for him. Moving on now to the Chicago Bears. They beat the Detroit Lions 24-14, and we had former Cougars on both sides of this game. Kyrus Tonga, Asad just seven snaps on defense, excuse me, nine snaps on defense and two, excuse me, man, I made a bungle of that. Nine snaps overall in a reserve role, a defensive slash nose tackle, tallied one solo tackle, played seven overall snaps on defense, two on special teams. On the opposite side of things, Jamal Williams got the start once again for the Lions and losing effort, had a team high 14 carries, totaled 66 yards in 21 snaps, all of them on offense. Obviously, the Lions very much in kind of a rebuild mode, and good to see Jamal just getting his opportunity and obviously making a healthy living 
while doing it. Other Cougars in action, Carolina Panthers lost to the Dallas Cowboys 36-28. Brady Christensen played five snaps in the game in reserve role. All of them on special teams. Did not see any offensive action. Brady continues to really uh, wait and kind of bide his time as he looks to make it into the active roster and actually see playing time, but I think his time will come at some point. The Cleveland Browns beat the uh, Minnesota Vikings 14-7. Sione Takitaki returned from injury to start a linebacker, tallied three tackles, two of them solo in 24 snaps of action. So congratulations to Sione for getting back on the field. It's always good to see. The New Orleans Saints lost to the New York Giants 27-21 in overtime, but Taysom Hill, if you guys did not see the run that Taysom Hill had, it seemed like he shed every single potential tackler from the New York Giants on one of his two touchdown runs. In the game overall, he completed two of three passes for nine yards, had one in Interception, tallied six carries for 28 yards, had two receptions for 26 yards, had the eight-yard touchdown run in the middle, excuse me, had eight-yard touchdown runs in both the middle of the third and fourth quarters, saw 37 total snaps, 34 of those on offense, three of them on special teams. Taysom Hill proving once again he's just that Swiss Army knife, and I've seen people out there say that we should just officially switch positions. I don't think that the New Orleans Saints have any plans or any thought of moving him to a different position. He has been lights out and very, very good in his role. Another former BYU quarterback who really broke through this week, and I think he's the big star of the week if you're a BYU fan, Zach Wilson. Zachy himself. Z-A-C-H. Zach, Zach, Zach. Yeah, what a game for him. It came on in the second half. He completed 21 of 34 passes, totaled 297 yards, two touchdowns, one interception, had three carries, lost two yards on those three carries, one fumble recovery, sacked one time, and obviously had those touchdown passes of three and 53 yards in the fourth quarter. What a performance for Zach Wilson, showing why he was the number two overall pick in the NFL draft. And if the Jets can get more performances like they did from Zach Wilson, well, they may win a few more games. Obviously, they won their first game of the season. Zach won his first game as a starting quarterback, 27-24 to in overtime over the Tennessee Titans. Really, really fun to see, and congratulations to Zach and the rest of the Jets on that victory. The Kansas City Chiefs beat the Philadelphia Eagles 42-30. to Funny enough, the former BYU offensive lineman slash graduate assistant Andy Reid won his 100th game at the helm of the Kansas City Chiefs against the team they also won 100 games with previously in the Philadelphia Eagles. He's the only coach, if I'm not mistaken, I saw that on Sunday, that has won 100 games with two different NFL franchises. What an accomplishment for Big Red. Also, former BYU defensive back Daniel Sorensen started at safety once again for the Chiefs. Totaled nine solo tackles on 74 snaps for the Chiefs in that victory. Really good to see Dirty Dan continuing to get it done. What a career he has carved out for himself in the pro ranks. The Seattle Seahawks beat my beloved San Francisco 49ers 28-21. Yes, I'm upset about it. But Fred Warner had a good game nonetheless in the loss for the 49ers. Started at linebacker. He is the captain that calls all the plays for the 49ers on the field. Wears that green dot on his helmet, meaning he has the signals coming into his helmet. He had nine tackles, five of them solo. One tackle for loss. So really, really good to see him in 57 snaps uh, for the 49ers. Uh, unfortunately, could not get the win. The Ravens beat the Broncos 23-7. Tyson Williams, the former BYU graduate transfer running back, was not active for that game. Hope to see him back on the field soon. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers snuck by the New England Patriots 
2017 in an absolute downpour up there in New England. But Harvey Longy uh, saw 21 snaps and no, uh, no stats for him. Kyle Van Noy started a linebacker, but stunningly enough, in 75 snaps of action, just one solo tackle in that loss for the Patriots. Kind of funny to see that many snaps for a guy like Kyle Van Noy and not see him get anything more than one tackle, but it's kind of how things go sometimes. Monday Night Football, the Los Angeles Chargers beat the Las Vegas Raiders, and it's weird to say Los Angeles Chargers and Las Vegas Raiders no matter how many times I say it. I'm not going to lie. I want to say San Diego Chargers and the Oakland Raiders or maybe even the Los Angeles Raiders, but nonetheless, Michael Davis started at cornerback for the Chargers in that win. I had five tackles for for them solo in 58 total snaps for the Los Angeles Chargers in that victory. So congratulations to all the former Cougars and the pros. Really good to see them having success on and off the field. And it's fun to see them getting their opportunities. These are guys who have dreamed of this in their entire life. Any of you who were like me at one point in your life who thought, you know what, I'm going to go to the NFL. Yeah, well, it didn't work out for us. But we can obviously root on these guys and hope that they have all the success in the world out there in the NFL ranks because it actually is really, really good for BYU to have more guys having success at the NFL level and we'll continue to keep you updated other Cougars uh, plotting their way along in practice squads like a Bronson Kafusi. maybe at some point this season you see them get called up to the active roster and of course we'll cover that for you if and when that does happen all right coming up here in just a moment we catch up with BYU assistant coach head uh, assistant head coach Ed Lamb I tried to put those head and Ed together nonetheless Ed Lamb will join me next had a great chat about his safeties group his work as the assistant head coach and also as the special teams coordinator. We'll get to all of that. And a reminder, at some point during today's show, you will find out how you can enter to win a pair of tickets to watch BYU take on Boise State. Go root on the 10th-ranked Cougars out there at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. We'll get to all of that here in just a few moments. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Bet Online. We have talked about them for a long time, but of course, football season is in full swing right now, and Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. They've got a new updated website and interface with even more odds, props, and contests. BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive that bonus. Once again, a 50% welcome bonus using the promo code LOCKEDON. From football to baseball to basketball to boxing, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games on Online. Do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available from our friends at Bet Online, as they are the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. And once again, use that promo code Locked On for that fifty percent welcome bonus. It's all courtesy of our friends at BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. Today's show is brought to you in part by our friends over at All Guard Pest Control, an OG partner of ours here on the podcast. And Seth Baird and his team are the best of the best in the pest control game. No matter what you guys might need, whether it's residential or commercial pest control services, our friends at All Guard Pest Control can take care of all of it for you guys. I can attest to it because they've taken care of my home for multiple years now, and I have thrown everything at them that I can think of, and they've handled it all with class, grace, and just overall expertise that you would expect from a high-level company like this one. It's a local company, by the way, based in Utah County, but capable of servicing anybody up and down the Wasatch Front. No matter what your needs are, feel free to reach out anytime 
to our friends at All Guard Pest Control. Feel free to give them a call. That's 801-851-1812, 801-851-1812, or go online to their website, allguardpestcontrols.com. That's All Guard Pest Controls with an S. Once again, that's All Guard Pest Control, 801-851-1812, or online at allguardpestcontrols.com. They are a proud partner with us here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen every day. We are, of course, free and available on all platforms. And pleased to be welcoming in now BYU assistant head coach Ed Lamb. Also serves as BYU safety coach as well as the special teams coordinator. Coach, thank you for taking some time. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. Well, okay, I wanted to ask you about that. You carry three different titles on this staff. How do you balance it all, honestly? Oh yeah, it, it, yeah, it's kind of absurd, really. I don't, I don't need all those titles. Didn't, didn't want, uh, want them. I think you know, every one on our staff really. It's the head coach's culture on down. Like there are no boundaries on our staff. Like if anyone sees anything at any position, offense, defense, or special teams, you know, the 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 entire goal is that you have the freedom to speak up and talk football and uh, coach all the players, particularly fundamentals, blocking, tackling ball security, you know, those kind of things. There, there just are no boundaries. And so, yeah, Kalani, I think, just, you know, wanted to make me feel important or something like that. So he, he gave me a bunch of titles. But, uh, you know, I, I think it maybe undersells all the work that most all the coaches on this staff do. Fair enough. Uh, let's start here. I wanted to talk a little bit about your, your secondary and your safeties in particular. Uh, Chaz Ayu has kind of played a hybrid role, it seems like, the last two weeks, where he seems to be kind of a deep-set middle linebacker. Am I right in that assessment? Yes. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's a good way to describe it. We, yeah, I think like every team, we have our, our unique names for whatever position he happens to be playing. And yeah, Rover, strong safety. Mike, he's, he's lined up at all those. He's a He's a he's got a lot of utility, a lot of versatility, and so we we got in a position where we had to use that with uh, losing Keenan Peely and and feeling like uh, reworking what our best combination of players and rotations would be on the field. I wanted to ask you behind him. We've seen Ammon Hanneman really step up. It seems like in that spot that Chaz previously played. What has made you so confident in Ammon? Because it seems like we've seen him in spot duty previously, but he's really taken on a big role. It seems like recently. That's right. Yeah, he's just becoming an older, more veteran player. He knows what's being asked of him. Um, he's made some position changes. He's played a little bit of corner, a little bit of free safety, and, and has settled in at strong safety this year. Uh, his development, and then you know George Udo's played a lot, and he, we we got back, we got him back the last couple of games. He's starting to play more and more. Uh, came back from his injury, and then we've got some you know some veteran guys there too that with. Uh, with Mitch Price and Matt Criddle at the strong safety position, like those guys are always in the right position and do things right and care about the team. So, you know, losing Chaz is hard, and he was obviously our best guy at that position. And and yet, you know, he, his versatility and the fact that we needed him and and he was willing to do it and put all of his energy into it, coupled with the fact that we've got some capable guys there that can play the position, have really I think uh, paid dividends for us. We've seen Malik Moore really play well, at least in my estimation, the interception against Utah State among those highlight plays. How has he graded out so far this season? Uh, really, I'm really pleased with Malik's progress. You know, he's a high school receiver, and uh, like a lot of the guys that we've recruited here in the secondary, 
you know, he's a track background guy. He wasn't a highly recruited football player. I, I think we were his only offer. And uh, we, we knew he would be a developmental project. And you know, I think at the level he's playing at right now, uh, I wouldn't trade him for the safeties that, that we see on Saturday, but, you know, that we're playing against and such. I, he's doing a tremendous job. He's developed at the position. He's got the requisite height, the speed, and the ball skills from, from his high school playing days at wide receiver. And he really tracks the ball back there. I think he can also improve parts of his game and get a lot better. So I think his future's bright. You mentioned George Udo a little bit earlier on. How has he done coming back from that injury? Uh, really well. He, he got his first um, action two uh, weeks ago. And then, uh, and then in this uh, last game against, uh, against Utah State, he played um, somewhere around 30 snaps, I think was the snap count by the end of the game. And so he went from about 10 snaps to about 30 snaps. And now I think he's just would just be in a full-time rotation. And he really does a nice job. He matches up so well. He, you know, we feel like with him on the field, it's like an extra corner. He's physical. He can play down in the box, but he also can cover. We feel like he can cover anyone on the field. When it comes to y- you guys and your your responsibilities on the field, obviously you're dealing with your safety group, but in addition to that, you're the assistant head coach. I've noticed you multiple times this year running down to call timeout. Is that something that Kalani has asked you to do, or is that just something that, hey, in the moment, you got to get that timeout called? Uh, no, that's something that he's asked me to do. Yeah, he, he uh, we will quite often consult on the sideline. You know, Kalani likes to bring a lot of passion, a lot of energy. He likes to bring the coach fundamentals to all players on the offense and the defense. There's times when he's working uh, closely with our linebackers in the game. And, and so, you know, our offensive staff you know, will oftentimes, like any offensive staff, they just need the direction to know, okay, what kind of a special team phase are we going into? What is our clock management in this situation? And uh, Kalani and I are usually talking about it over the headset. And, you know, I have that, uh, you know, he's given me that um, responsibility that if, you know, if, if I see something, just to go ahead and trigger it. Is that something like, I know clock management becomes a topic at times in college football. Is that something that you learn as a coach is how to manage situations and know, hey, okay, this is the situation we find ourselves in. This is what we should be considering. Or is that more of a gut feeling thing? I think it is. It's it's a learned skill. It's something that you learn. I think uh, a special teams coordinator, an offensive coordinator, uh, in particular, those are that's some of the skill set. I've done those things before. It's completely not unusual for a head coach to rely on a special teams coordinator because so many of the management situations, whether it's fourth down, go territory, punt, field goal, etc., and uh, the clock management as well, they also play into the special teams phases. And so, you know, I think every team has a, a couple of coach or at least one coach on staff that the head coach primarily converses with about those things. And so that's just the mode that we've fallen into the last couple of years. There you go, Ed Lamb, BYU assistant head coach. Some great thoughts on his safeties unit as well as what he does as the assistant head coach. And it shouldn't surprise you guys if you haven't seen him running down the sideline to call timeout. I figured that was the case that he was designated to do that by Kalani Sitake, but 
obviously good to have official confirmation from him. We'll get to some more comments from him about his special teams in particular, as well as getting ready for this week's game against Boise State. We'll touch on all of that in just a few moments. Today's podcast is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Have you guys heard about this company? It's Daily Fantasy Made Easy, and it's actually a really, really novel concept that I think you guys may find worth checking out. What it is is Prize Picks is a leader in college sports daily fantasy. They offer more college football props than anybody in the world, and the best part is they offer any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns, even to interceptions thrown. And all you got to do is you pick two to five players and an over-under on those players' projections, and you can win up to 10 times back on any entry, and it's just you versus those projected numbers. It's really that simple. You're not competing against thousands of other folks. It's a really, really unique concept. What I love about it is entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's really that easy. Right now, also, all of our listeners that deposit and use the promo code LOCKEDON will actually get in a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Once again, to get that, you need to use the promo code LOCKEDON. Take advantage of it now, guys. Go to prizepicks.com. You also can download their award-winning app in both the App Store and Google Play. And as we mentioned, entries made in 60 seconds or less, and you're on your way. And, of course, Prize Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. So don't hesitate. Once again, check out prizepicks.com. Use that promo code Locked On, or go to your App Store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. One more time out on today's show to talk about our friends over at Built Bar. I am an unabashed fan of Built Bars, and I love them, plain and simple. They are the best-tasting protein bar that I have I have ever had. I have never craved a protein bar until I had a Built Bar. The best part about Built Bars, folks, is when you're supporting Built Bar, you're supporting BYU football. We all know about the name, image, and likeness deal that they signed with all BYU football players. Walk-ons getting their tuition paid for, and it's coming via a check, and obviously players getting extra money on top of that and that's what I love about it when you support Built Bar you're supporting BYU football so take advantage of the opportunity to do so now they're absolutely delicious protein bars but more importantly they're healthy for you guys 17 to 18 grams of protein just 130 to 180 calories per bar 4 to 5 grams of sugar and just 4 to 5 grams of net carbs they are the perfect complement wherever you might be in your life's journey with regards to your weight they have been an absolutely incredible find on my part, and I absolutely love them. So get to Built.com right now and place your order. While you're there, use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. You heard that right. Promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. That's Built.com and support BYU football by supporting Built Bar. Continuing on now with BYU assistant head coach and special teams coordinator Ed Lamb. And coach, wanted to ask you about Jake Oldroyd here for a minute. It is, is it your expectation that you will have him in the lineup this week against Boise State? Uh, he's day-to-day, every day. You know, we, we throw him out in warm-ups and, and at practice on the days where we do our, the majority of our kicking. And if he's available to go, then we're grateful for it. And uh, so Justin Smith is on a on an as needed and, and, you know, on call basis. And it's not a, it's not an ideal situation. We would like to have a little more surety that Jake will be ready each week, but just the way that, uh, the way that it's worked out so far, we've learned that uh, Justin's best mental preparation is to completely prepare to play. And, uh, and we'll take Jake as we can get him. Yeah. How difficult is that for a guy like Justin? Cause really he doesn't know game to game if he's going to be called on or not. Right. Yeah. It's super difficult. And that's why I'm so convicted about my answer is, you know, like we've had to think this through and, and we've had some growing pains and, 
it's really hard. It can be really hard on a player. In, in some ways, it's no different than any other player on the field. You know, at, at any other position, you can go down on any play, you twist an ankle or something, the next guy up, et cetera. And, and uh, injuries happen more often. And kickers don't really see the game that way, but, but our two guys have had to see it that way. They're dealing with injury. They're dealing with injury as, as far as the depth chart goes. And I think it's making them both stronger. How good is Ryan Rico? I, I think he's absolutely phenomenal, but you're a special teams coordinator. How good is he as a punter? He's a game changer, and that's hard to do from the punter position. I mean, you can go all season trying to change two or three games and, and needing a fake punt to do it or some, you know, some type of uh, muffed punt return where you hope your punt team gets possession of it. Um, he's been changing the game almost each and every week, You know, changing the field position. And it's really a testament to the team. We, you've seen this team win uh, five games. I thought any of the five games, um, you know, if a few things went the other team's way, we could have lost the game. We also had a point in each game where we, I think, could have scored again and got another stop and turned it into a blowout. And so that, that really small margin, I think, oftentimes has been filled in with, uh, with special teams. You know, we haven't fired on offense, defense, or special teams all game long in any particular game yet. But each phase has worked hard to pick each other up. And I thought in the Utah State game, Ryan really flipped the field three times there early in the uh, third quarter when we needed it big time. I remember asking him, he had that 83-yard punt that set the program record for the longest punt in a game. And I asked him, if you had ideal conditions, how far could you boot it? And he felt like that was probably about the max if you had ideal conditions. Do you think he could get any further on a punt, in your opinion? Well, yeah, I mean, I think you can pull up the punt. So the, the, the punt ended up a touchback that rolled through the end zone. Yeah. So, it, it, you know, the, the 83 yards was the – that was the, the number that showed up on the stat sheet, but it, it was at least 93 because it rolled all the way through the back of the end zone. So, yeah, there's, there's not a question in my mind that, you know, he, he, there 99-yard punts have happened before with favorable rolls that weren't anywhere close to that. So – yeah, he can do it. He can punt the length of the field. Well, I, I'd love to see that myself. So we'll have to wait and see if we can see that. Uh, I, I don't want to be backed up that far yeah, on sure. offense. But yeah, <laughs> if we are, I agree. <laughs> Absolutely. I also wanted to ask you about punt return. What makes you so confident in a guy like Hobbs Nyberg? He's a former walk-on baseball player. But what makes him so effective in that role? It seems like he's getting more and more comfortable as he goes on in that spot. He is. And, and us as coaches and his teammates have seen it for a long time. Uh, we saw we saw just flashes of it last year. We've seen flashes of it in practice. You know, a uh, punt returner is just like a quarterback or a running back. And if you know if, if things don't work on game day, then it uh, they often get the brunt of it. But the reality is that that he, you know he'd had some uh, some punt return opportunities earlier in the year that just weren't blocked very well. He had another one that he just didn't field as cleanly as he could have. And and I think. You know, people might have been doubting what he was capable of, but inside of our program, nobody doubted him. He's a real natural at catching it. He has great concentration, ball security, and uh, he does it at receiver. He does it at running back. He does it at kickoff return and punt return. Just maybe the first place the fans are starting to see it. In terms of your kick return game, is it still very much in flux considering the circumstance that Caleb Christensen, you don't know what his status is currently? Yeah, Caleb. Caleb's currently uh, out and, and dealing with that injury, and so he'll finish. I think last game with uh, Lopini Katoa and and uh, Hobbs Nyberg back there, and we've got some other guys. Javel Brown's a really talented kick returner, and so we got some other guys in the mix. We we need to pick up blocks a little better. Also, kickoff return is really about opportunity, and 
uh, some of these kicks that we've got have had a lot of hang time and a lot of depth. And, you know, in some of those situations, we, you know, sometimes it doesn't even make a lot of sense to return it. We've only tried to return a couple. haven't got one going yet. It's a pretty small sample size. But, again, I'm confident in, in the guys doing the blocking and the guys doing the returning. At some point this year, it'll be a difference maker in the game. Do you feel like returns are on their way out of this sport just due to how the rules are being set up? They they really are. You know, I, I mean, I, I study this thing, all special teams coordinators, I should say. I mean, for example, so just this week alone, you know, I watched Boise State, um, just their, their, their kickoff return unit, uh, not to mention their kickoff and punt, punt return and all that. But, you know, over, over a span of about, 10 to 12 games going all the way back to last season to try to learn about personnel and schemes and stuff like that. And I do that each week. So by the end of the season, you know, I've got hundreds of kickoff returns that I've, that I've looked at. And of course, paying attention over the years, the rules have changed such that getting a kickoff return is really difficult. It really is about uh, the opportunity. There are certain kickers, Jake Oldroyd's one of them. I mean, just not going to be able to establish much of a kickoff return game against against most of these kickers the way that they can kick nowadays. And I think the rules makers are really happy with that. They move the kickoff up. There's more touchbacks available. If the kicker chooses to leave it as a returnable kick, it's usually with a lot of hang time and, and uh, just short of the end zone. So really got to work on kickoff return and wait for that one home run ball and, and the chance to change a game. Last thing for me, Coach, in terms of this game against Boise State, what do you see from the Broncos on film? Uh, they, uh, you know, defensively, well, I'll start this. Their, their offense is super capable with the way that they move the ball around through the year. The quarterback is um, highly capable. He gets rid of the ball on time. Uh, when, he's, when he's not on time, he moves his feet well, moves around the pocket well. They've got great receivers. Uh, Shakir is their is their number one receiver and has been for a few years now. They're their deepest threat, but they've got some other guys that are just a little overshadowed on the stats that are still very very dangerous. As good of a skill core and and, uh, and quarterback as we'll see all year long, I think. Um, and then you know they've got a culture in on their offensive line and their running game where they're going to fight to keep that thing going. They're going to continue to run the ball. They're not going to give up on it. We got to be on point in that area. Um, defensively, they've done a really nice job of keeping the ball in front of them. They keep the scores down low. They really play hard, as you would expect from a program, a proud program like Boise State. And uh, in the special teams, they 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 really are what they always have been: some dangerous returners, guys that take a lot of pride in wearing the uniform, covering kicks, and they're uh, you know they're a formidable team. They've not. Uh, I was just telling our players, you know, we they've lost a couple of games to good opponents, but. We only have one common opponent, and they beat Utah State by more than we did. This is a good football team we're facing. Well, Coach, we covered a lot of ground. Appreciate you spending some time and look forward to catching up with you down the road, hopefully, okay? Yeah, you bet. Thank you. Thank you to Ed Lamb for taking the time to join us here on Locked on Cougars. A great chat, and hope you guys enjoyed it. I really love speaking with him. He's one of my favorite coaches to talk with about stuff like this, and I absolutely think that he lays it out there, and he's not afraid to explain how things are going, and that's what I appreciate about Coach Lamb, and nice to hear him riff on his safeties. What he does as the assistant head coach, and obviously as a special teams coordinator, he wears 
wears so many hats and good to hear him kind of lay out what's going on for BYU and hope you guys enjoyed that. Now, a couple of the notes before we go here on today's show is to catch you guys up on some other news and notes involving BYU athletics. Our friends over at Vanquish the Foe have uh, announced or via sources they've revealed that BYU will play a secret scrimmage against Cal. That comes by way of Robbie McCombs, who is an absolute ace reporter when it comes to the inner workings of BYU basketball. It's expected to take place towards the end of this month as the Cougars ramp up for the season opener in early November next month. And obviously Cal head coach Mark Fox, he was the head coach of Georgia when Mark Pope was an assistant there and has been a mentor for Pope. So pretty natural to have those two connected there. And we'll see how it all shakes out. But we'll bring more to you guys on that front as it comes along. And also a quick update for you guys on men's golf. They wrapped up play at the 2021 Paintbrush Invitational out there at the Colorado Golf Club. And got to say, it was a rough final day for BYU. They were in a tight, excuse me, that's tight for a second. They were in second place after the conclusion of part of their second round uh, going into yesterday. And Tuesday was not kind to them. They slid all the way to sixth place, finishing at 39 over par, one stroke back of Long Beach State. Colorado State rallied to win the tournament overall. Uh, Denver, who was leading the tournament after the first round, finished tied for second alongside Northern Colorado. So the hometown teams, so to say, they held serve. And BYU slides down the leaderboard. Unfortunate to see that. BYU actually had really good scores. 296 and 296 through the first two rounds. But a 311 as a team in round three. Wow, really sliding down the leaderboard. Unfortunate for Bruce Brockbank and company. All right, obviously we'll get you more on that as they get ready for their next tournament. But it is time. I promised you guys we'd announce how we were going to give away BYU and Boise State tickets. And if you've seen the secondary market, you know this is not a cheap ticket. And I'm not going to say that I have primo seats. Any of you who have been to the game so far know that they are very much high up in the stadium. But I feel like they're a pretty good vantage point. I picked them because I think you have a good view right down the middle of the field from the south end zone, but it is a little bit of a scavenger hunt to give away these Boise State tickets. I need you guys to answer four questions, and they relate to the Boise State-BYU football rivalry or the series that they have played. So, are you ready? Here we go. And by the way, the first person, uh, let me lay out the groundwork. The first person to email me at lockedonbyu at gmail.com with the correct answers, all four answers correctly, the first person to email lockedonbyu at gmail.com, you win the tickets. Really, really simple. And away we go with our four questions. Number one. In 2003, BYU played their first ever game against Boise State in a 50-12 blowout loss in Provo. Who was BYU's leading passer yardage-wise in that game? Number two, what was current Boise State head coach Andy Avalos' stat line in the 2004 game against BYU? Yes, he played against BYU as a player. He's coached against them as an assistant coach. Now he'll be in his first game as the head coach of the Boise State football program when they square off Saturday night. But what was his stat line in that 2004 game against the Cougars? Number three, in their first ever win against Boise State in 2013, what was Taysom Hill's stat line? I want passing, the yardages, the completions. I also want his rushing, all that good stuff. Give me his stat line from that victory in 2013. And then finally, number four, who is BYU's all-time leading passer and also all-time leading rusher in terms of yardage against Boise State in the series history? 
They are two different players, and you will have to answer both of those correctly. The all-time leading passer and all-time leading rusher in terms of yardage against Boise State in the series history. I can tell you guys this much. There's a certain website out there that may go by the name of Cougar Stats that could answer all these questions if you know how to navigate it correctly. Best of luck, and the first person to email me at LockedOnBYU at gmail.com will win those tickets. Best of luck to all of you. Before we go here, I want to remind you guys, thank you for making us your first listen of the day. want to encourage you guys to make your second listen. Our friends over at Locked On Big 12 get all of your daily Big 12 news in less than 30 minutes with Big 12 expert Josh Neighbors. Get it free and available on all platforms. Encourage you guys to check that out here in just a few moments. Also, make sure to follow the show on social media, Locked On Cougars on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. My personal Twitter feed is at Jacob C. Hatch, and I hope you guys all have a great day. This has been the Locked on Cougars podcast for October 6th, 2021. And we will talk to you guys tomorrow. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.